Welcome to Frickety Frack. We do talk back. Thank you for joining us in our 11th episode. Hello, my name is Patrick, and I'm Frack. Hello, my name is Jeff, and I'm Frick. Frickety Frack, We Do Talk Back is a show airing once a week where we will discuss different aspects of different fandoms and how they relate to the the gospel. For the first part of the show, we are going to be talking about the first season of My Hero Academia and how we see the lessons from the episodes that connect to teachings in the Bible. And just as many of you are, we are also fans of other things as well. So after we get done with the first season of My Hero Academia, we'll change things up and go in a, a different direction. And we can be looking at anything from comics, video games, movies, or anything just in general that we're fans of. We got the name of the show from our father who dubbed us Frick and Frack since we were kids. So this is the 10th episode of the first season of My Hero Academia. And it is entitled Encounter with the Unknown. Uh, and I, I actually really do love that the name of, of that episode because villains, uh, despite the fact that they are um, uh, seen and they've seen news reports, they've seen, I guess, their equivalent of YouTube clips of heroes saving people, fighting villains. This is their first true encounter with fighting villains and so what happens in this episode is that uh shigaraki has brought in a large amount of villains into the usj um and their plan is to kill all might uh eraser head has 13 uh try to get the kids out and uh while he holds off the villains midori points out that his quirk and fighting style is best for stealth and one-on-one fights Eraserhead proves him wrong and holds his own against the League of Villains. As the students head out, they are scattered into different areas by Kuragiri. Uh, each group of students encounters different villains. Uh, Midori is on a boat with Sue and Mineta. All Might plans to attend the end of the class where he meets the principal of the school and they end up, air quotes, chatting. Uh, 13 gives the plan for how to get Ida out and tell the school about the villains. Midoriya, Sue, and Mineta strategize and defeat the water villains by combining the use of their quirks. All right. So we have a couple of first appearances or first like real true appearances here. And the first one being Kurogiri. Kurogiri. Uh, he is the uh, warp villain and he's going to play a big role uh, with the League of Villains throughout the show. Uh, the other one is actually the principal. Like, he, you know, we really truly get to interact with the we see the principal interact for the first time really in the show uh, when he's dealing with, uh, with all might as, and you know, he chast he basically chastises all might throughout his entire time there. Basically saying, you know, basically telling him you need to prioritize your students. You can only be a hero for an hour. And the principal is one of the few people that's in on um, all for one and trying and that, uh, all Might is trying to mentor the success, uh, his chosen successor. It's like that's part of the reason why um, he was accepted as a teacher at UA uh, was because of this. Uh, and then we're also introduced to uh, Nomus, although we won't talk a lot about. I won't. All I bring up is Nomus. Uh, you're we're going to see a lot more Nomus later, uh, but we we do uh, show them up here. Um, one of the things that I love about the principle that he introduces himself is like, I may be a bear. I may be a, uh, a dog fair, or a mouse dog or a mouse. And, 
was like, but, but it doesn't really I, it doesn't really matter because I'm the principal, and I'm just <laughs> like, oh gosh, he's hilarious. And, and when we get to the later episodes, I mean, it's it's amazing. Like so, the the funny thing, like we don't really know a whole lot about the principal right now. Um, although you know, watching him climb up onto a chair and to sit a, sit across from all my um, was adorable because it reminded me of my children climbing onto like adult size furniture and especially my littlest ones doing that. And I was just like, oh, the animators did a really good job like capturing what it's like for a small person to climb onto something like full grown adults sit on. Uh, and I was just like, man, they nailed that. Um, yeah. Then it made me want to hug my children because uh, like, oh, you guys are so cute. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and so for the, to me, this, the star of this particular episode is Sue. Uh, she is absolutely hilarious throughout it. Um, <laughs> like, I just absolutely love that in the beginning part, of, you know, after they get teleported away and she winds up and the, they wind up in the water area, you know, she just matter of factly just states, this is a terrible day of class <laughs> or this is turning out to be a terrible day of class. It's just like, Oh my gosh, there's all these villains and you're just, and what you're worried is that, Oh, this, this today sucks. It's like, it's not even, a, it's not a good day. It's, today's bad. Yeah. And her, her tone in, in that line is Eeyore level of mopey and it's, it's great. Uh, but it's not, it's not like super Eeyore. It's like, Oh well, this is a terrible day of class. Uh, it's um, you know it's it's a little bit bit of a chip, more chipper tone because it's not. I mean, it, but it's not like she's super excited about fighting all the villains or anything like that. But she does recognize that you know it's terrible, and she's just very straightforward and it's great. And what she you know follows up you know as Mendetta's freaking out with all the villains. I mean, she point blank asks him Manetta are you sure the hero line is for you which is the biggest question that of all of the my hero academia fans that I've seen like that's one of the biggest questions I've seen out there is that you know Manetta's really like really in in one a of all things so like he's in the top hero class I mean he personally You'd think he'd be sitting in one B, but it's a shonen anime and it's a show geared towards 13, 14 year olds and stuff like that and others. Uh, and th they've just got to throw in that perv. Um, I don't know why, but they have to. Um, yeah. And so, but then even on top of that, like Sue, uh, you know, she saves Midoriya and Manetta from the water villains, and you know he she puts Midoriya down gently, and then um, you know Manetta makes the comment uh, about her um, chest, and uh, because of that, he she slams him down on the ground on the on the boat a little bit more uh, rougher than he was expecting. And I do want to point this out about Sue and the way she's depicted. So when I first was watching this show, 
Um, I wasn't paying that much attention. And so I actually didn't know Sue was a girl until this exact moment, because when Mineta talks about her chest, I was like, wait, Sue's a girl. Um, so that was, that was always kind of like a mind throw to me. I was like, Oh, she is okay. <laughs> so I could, I actually, I, I'm just now remembering that the very first time when I watched this episode, I'm up until now, I had missed that she was a girl because it, especially in the, um, the field test, like she's just, you know, she's in the PE clothes and she's hunched over. So you can't really see a whole lot and notice anything. And so she doesn't speak up. She doesn't use any pronouns, um, referring to herself in any way. So you don't technically really know. And then it wasn't until, um, and so you see her in her hero costume, but she's so side character that you don't really see a whole lot. So you don't necessarily really, unless you're really paying attention, you can miss it very easily. But anyways, I, I digress. Um, and then, so speaking of Mineta, the, uh, one of the things that happens throughout this entire series is that there are going to be these little moments for these characters, uh, especially outside of the main characters like Midoriya, All Might, and Bakugo. Those three in particular are going to get tons of moments throughout the series where you're, you know, they just have these awesome moments. Um, and then followed up with characters like Todoroki, uh, who's not an is not a part of the main characters, but just like a step like right below them with uh, Uraka and Ida. Um, they, they get moments, they'll, they'll get more moments, uh, but everybody else, they still pretty much get moments throughout the series. Meta and Mineta for as little he, as he brings to the table, this, he actually, believe it or not, actually has a couple of moments here in this episode. Uh, where he actually is worthwhile. Um, although I do absolutely love that he, they recognize his power, is, you know, like, because, <clears throat> you know, when they're on the boat, they talk, you know, there's Midoriya and Sue are strategizing and uh, they're talking strategy. And so they're like, all right, let's talk quirks. What do we got? And so, you know, they, and Midoriya, the ultimate fanboy, just goes crazy for everybody's quirk, except when Mineta brings up his, like, I've got sticky balls, uh, and, and he does nothing. He's, he does not geek out or fanboy anything, and Mineta's basically like, oh, right, my powers are useless. So, and then Midoriya makes up for it, to so go, oh, no, no, your power is great, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it's, it's, to me, it's just it's funny that, you know, he, he, he even brings up, it's like, yeah, I'm useless in a fight, or in a straight-up fight, so uh, so yeah, so he, he he spends the entire episode just saying we shouldn't do anything. Let's just here sit here and wait. Um, let's wait for the real pro heroes to do it. Uh, however, as they escape in the in the episode, as they escape, it's Mineta's power that actually ultimately allows them to truly escape the scenario. Um, as they cut down the boat that they're hiding on. Um, Midoriya shoots a gust of wind from his fingers, uh, causing the pool of water to bring the villains in close. And then Mineta releases and throws a bunch of sticky balls. And all of the villains get stuck in a little mass right in the middle of the water and they can't do anything. Uh, 
Um, so Mineta is actually useful here, um, showing that he does, if he, if he had a better attitude and a, and a better mindset, he'd actually probably could be, be a hero. Um, but unfortunately the way his character is, he'll never, I honestly don't think he'll ever truly be a real hero. Yeah. And that's one of those things where, you know, we see in the movies and stuff like that, like he doesn't, uh, play, um, big roles in in either of the movies, like, I mean, he's there because they've, they've got to have him. I just, um, and, uh, so like in two heroes, you know, he doesn't really do a whole lot. Uh, and Heroes Rising, uh, he does something um, slightly heroic, but for kind of his own pervy ends in the beginning of Heroes Rising, but he doesn't even get credit for it. Um, got, gosh, I can't believe I forgot the guy with the, t- the tail. Koji? I can't remember. Oh, gosh, I feel so bad. Um, he gets credit for the save, because they could see him and he got credit and Mineta's down below and is like, I'm the one who actually did something. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, so he, you know, Mineta doesn't generally bring a whole lot to the table when it comes to fights, um, even as the others are getting more and more experience in combat and rescuing and things like that. They, they are growing. Mineta is kind of more like, he only comes through if he absolutely has to. Yeah. And speaking of moments, again, there's my favorite having a great moment with uh, Todoroki. Uh, as it got dispersed into the different areas, you see uh, in, a, in a grounds area that all of a sudden this ice starting to build up and winds up freezing several of the villains. And, and you hear, hear Todoroki talking down to them He's like aren't you embarrassed to lose to a child you're adults put up a real fight <laughs> and it's just like and in, and again and it shows that total man once it, it, and i hope they and i hope they do this um i hope they do a time skip or if nothing else they do like a follow-up to my hero academia like they did with naruto where they go from naruto and then they go to naruto shupiden where they where you get to see them more in their own more in their own as heroes uh todoroki is going to be a force to be reckoned with and when he becomes a true professional pro hero um because of just his his scope of power and then just not only that his understanding and his ability to control his power as well um but yeah, just and you you'll we'll find out more as as this progresses as to why you know they do so why the kids do so well. Um, but yeah, that just, that line was just great uh, with Todoroki. It's just like, come on, but let's 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 see what you can really do. Like at least try, please try. You know, and <laughs> he still knows he's going to kick their butts, but he's like, at least try. Yeah, they yeah they um, we'll find out you know, just like Jeff is saying that we'll find out more about why that's the case. And so this kind of gives them kind of like a little bit of, you know, a false sense of superiority as 
they continue to encounter villains um, throughout the series. And uh, when they go to the training camp in the woods, I, I wouldn't be surprised that they would be like, oh yeah, this will be easy. And uh, where it turns out that that is not necessarily the case. Um, they'll have a little bit more struggle. Uh, one of the things that, um, you know, is also like, you know, Sue points out that they don't know enough about the villains don't know enough about the students because they wouldn't have put sue in the water zone they would have put her in the fire zone or even as we find out later she also um doesn't like she doesn't do well with the cold either uh because if it gets too cold then she you know she's she will hibernate she will literally fall asleep um and uh uh and so that's you know kind of I love seeing in this episode the detective work of Midoriya and Sue kind of working through uh, everything that's going on uh, in the episode or in this kind of like, okay, they know they can, they've got a plan to kill All Might. So we've got to do something about it because we can't count on it because we don't know if we're even, if they're even, even going to be able to get out to get to the other pro heroes. And so um, I love Midoriya's quote in this. He says, this is up to us. Let's be heroes. And that just it spurs Sue. Like, I mean, Sue was already going to act, but I think it really, you know, it brings the three of them together. Um, uh, sort of Mineta. We'll get to more to Mineta uh, in a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, just, and along with that, with being a hero, we see the beginning of Aizawa's level as a hero, and he's a legit. Like he's, you wouldn't for for some reason. It's like, and I don't know if it's like my head or if if this was necessarily intentional. But when it comes to you know, like when you think about teachers, you know, like you know, there's that old cliche saying of those who can't do teach. So, you know, there, for some reason you would, you think that like great, good, great heroes would not be the ones teaching at UA because they're more needed out in the world to help. But in a society filled with heroes, you actually want, you know, your great heroes to actually be teaching the ones to come up. Because if there are, you know, like, especially with the way this world works, there are so many people with powers. They're the number one profession in the world is being a hero, of, being a professional hero in, in some caliber. Um, so there's so many out there. So they pull back and they actually have a great hero in Aizawa teaching the kids. And and I do, and it's like, and, I, and, and I've, I've stated this multiple times about Midori and that I absolutely genuinely love his analytics. Like I love how much thought and um, how thorough he can be with, with heroes and how their powers work. However, this is probably, I, I can't say it was hundred percent right, but this is probably the first time that his analytics actually fails because with the way that Midoriya has studied Aizawa, with this limited scope, you know, Midori brings up is like, 
Azawa, Razorhead, you're not going to have, you can't, you don't stand a chance against all these villains. Your, your power is best for stealth and on a one-on-one fight. And Azawa just looks at him and he's just like, you can't be a pro with only one trick. And which is great that he countered, that Aizawa countered Midorian that way because it, it's a, it's a two-folded insult. One, he's like, buddy, you haven't even seen me in action. You don't know how good I am. It's basically, you know, he's just like, he's basically telling him just to take a step back. It's like, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. You haven't seen me, what, seen what I really do. And then it's a second, and then the second level of this is that it's an insult towards Midoriya because Midoriya is legitimately a one-trick pony at this, at this time. Um, all, you know, it's like if Midoriya uses his power, he breaks something and he's basically, he's practically useless. Um, and so it's just it's it's a great moment it's a great moment for Aizawa and then he goes and proceeds to prove Midoriya wrong by holding back the entire league of villains uh, that are there on his own by using a combination of his uh, quirk and then also his other natural abilities that he's developed as a pro hero yeah and so um, uh, Eraserhead you know you know, on paper, Midori is right. Razorhead would be a ninja type. He would be like, he'd sneak in, cancel their quirk, knock them out, run back to the shadows and, and do this over and over again. Um, you know, kind of think, kind of makes me think of like the Arkham Batman games where you go into stealth mode and you hide from the bad guys, do a takedown, go back to the shadows and then take down the next guy because heaven forbid you get into a full-on brawl with all your bad guys um, because that won't go well for you. Uh, But this also reminded me of uh, Wesley versus uh, Fezzik uh, from The Princess Bride. And uh, one of the things that Fezzik complains about in fighting Wesley was that it was like, oh, I'm so much more used to fighting large groups He's like, why is that? And, you know, Wesley being the smart strategist he is already knows that this is a problem for Fezzik. He's like, why is this a problem for you? He's like, well, you use different moves when you're fighting groups of people than when you're fighting one person. And so Fezzik, because he's really in a way, his a one trick pony gets beat by Wesley, who is physically smaller, physically not as strong as him. Uh, but is able to outsmart him and, and put him in a chokehold and, you know, knock him out. Um, and so Midoriya thinks that's going to be Fezzik's problem. It's like, you you should just take one on at a time and then you can, you know, but not a group. But he's like, and, you know, as you were, as Jeff was saying, Midoriya, you know, Racehead's like, listen, if you want to be a true pro, you can't be just saddled as one thing you've got to be able to do all of these things and uh i don't know if it's ever been said in the uh the anime but i'm pretty sure it hasn't been said in the manga it might be in my hero academia vigilantes um but we actually never find out what Eraserhead's ranking is and so that's one of those things that we see his skill and that just goes to show just how good some of the others are. If he's not like a high ranked 
hero. But since he's not big into publicity, he probably doesn't get ranked very high. Even it, it yeah. probably doesn't, you know, befit his actual skill level. Uh, I mean, right. it's the same thing with um, Kakashi from Naruto. He's this late, he seems lazy, but, you know, Kakashi ends up becoming Hokage because he is, in fact, one of the most powerful ninjas in uh, the village. And so, but yeah, but Aizawa is the same way. They're like, he's actually legit. And I love uh, Shigaraki's like, oh, he's so cool. He's annoying while he's scratching himself. And he's like, oh, it's just, he's so annoying. And I was like, oh gosh, I gotta love that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he, and he even points out, you know, Shigaraki even acknowledges it's like, you, you know, it's just like, you gotta, you got to give it to pro heroes. Like when they're a pro, like there's a reason why they're a pro. Uh, you got to, you've got to respect the skill. And that's, and that's, and that's exactly what's happening with Izala is that he is, he's legit. And I, and you're right, Patrick, I don't think in the anime, they haven't brought up his ranking at all. Um, they do have one episode where they bring up where they, sh- they reveal the new rankings of the pro heroes and he doesn't crack the uh, Aizawa doesn't crack the top 10, but because of his character, he doesn't do this. He doesn't do it for the publicity. Uh, he, his power set is better used uh, for, for stealth and one-on-one stuff. Um, he's not going to get the recognition that, these other powerhouses uh, are going to get. And it's not that these heroes are not necessarily re- uh, deserving of these high rankings, but it's because of Aizawa's personality that he ranks lower. Um, and so that's just, it, it's like, it's, it's, for instance, it's what's part of what's going to happen as the reason why, uh, and, and this is not a spoiling or anything like that. This is straight up, how the show is because it started this from the first episode Midoriya declares he's the greatest hero in the world so that means Bakugo is going to be at best number two and a part of the reason why Bakugo is number two to Midoriya is his personality in which they've pointed out um it was one of the things that was so it's that always held Endeavor back like now granted I mean All Might is just you know he's that amazing but one of the things that was holding Endeavor back was his personality. Yeah. It's and, and that and that's actually going to be a running theme throughout the series as well. It's like you're going to see, um, you're going to see heroes that have powers that look absolutely amazing now, and that you know they're these great heroes. But it's kind of like when you look at what their power is on paper, they're you're like they're they're what. And they're considered one of the greatest heroes. Well, when you, because again, when you use the talents that you're given and you learn to master them, you're going to be able to see, uh, you're going to learn and see how to use your abilities in ways that we had, you hadn't considered before. And so that's, it's going to be a nice theme that you're going to see throughout this series is that just, it's, it's not just about having flashy quirk, you know, because hands down, Based on just power, when you look at their power on paper, Todoroki should be the best hero to come out of UA Class 1A. And I'm not saying that just as somebody that is being a fan of Todoroki. 
Patrick, I think you would agree with me because I, I, I know you, I know you like Todoroki, but you're not a, as big a Todoroki fan as I am. But just objectively, on paper, Todoroki should be the number one hero, correct? Uh, yeah, especially when he really starts developing his power. Um, right. But then, I mean, Mineta. But, but remember, these Midori, are fourteen-year-old. Remember, these are also fourteen-year-old kids, so none of them have really developed their power yet. Yeah. They they've worked with it, but they're still developing their powers. Yeah. So, like, obviously, Midoriya will do that as well, like because his strength will rive is going to be either on par with All Might's or will surpass it, uh, just in brute strength alone. And that made All Might the number one hero. That and his ability to constantly do work. One of the cool things, uh, Jeff, you've you've missed out on and not reading My Hero Academia Vigilantes, is that uh, he uh, uh, All Might could hold his hero form for three days straight, doing constant hero work. And he came to his hero agency. Um, he goes poof and turns into his normal form. This is before his injury um, that made him weakened and shriveled and things like that and severely limited his time to being hero to three hours a day. So that was what he was able to do in his prime was three days straight. And then even on top of that, he's still like he came back to his agency from three days of straight hero work. He was like, all right. Night Eye, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go rest. And he's like, and then Night Eye's like, you got a call. And he's like, okay. He goes poof, turns into his hero form and leaps out and goes out to to do more hero work. Um, and, and so that's you know just how amazing All Might is. And so that's how great Midori is, and is going to be even better, um, apparently. So one of the, the biblical themes that we wanted to, to cover in this episode, uh, the main one, is what to do when you are scared. So one of the central aspects of this episode is Mineta and his fear of fighting, of dying, of not being saved by one of the heroes. Um, and so as I was studying for this particular topic, uh, a scripture that I think really fits for this episode is Proverbs chapter three, verse five through six. This is what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. So as I was saying, Mineta is freaking out and uh, Midoriya and Sue have to work with him to overcome his fears because it takes the three of them uh, to defeat the villains that have surrounded the boat. Uh, because it wasn't just one of them. It wasn't just two of them. They needed all three of them to, to make it because what, you know, the, what happens is Midoriya jumps off the boat, powers up his thumb and, and finger does a Delaware smash and then causes a whirlpool and the heroes start, the villains start getting stuck to Mineta's sticky balls. And then they all start kind of clumping together because they're caught in the whirlpool Mineta. And so Sue jumps off the boat, holding Mineta grabs Midoriya 
and uh, Mineta keeps throwing his sticky balls to keep the, get, make sure they all get clumped up. They get clumped up. They suck down into the whirlpool, and then because of physics, they shoot up into the air because of of pressure, um, surf, of surface pressure and water. Um, don't ask me to you know to do the math on this stuff, uh, but you know it's science, supposedly. <laughs> anime and superheroes so you know just take that for what it is um and so that's what ends up happening is that all those here villains get defeated because of the combination of their powers and so it was because of their strategy and working together that Mineta was finally able to at least be calm enough to be rescued like because he was crying he was wailing he was you know he was causing all sorts of problems and considering how loud he was being about crying i can't believe that the villains couldn't hear him saying him saying he was like oh we should just wait for the pros we sh- we're worthless we can't fight these guys blah 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 that would have given me you know if i had heard that as a villain i would have been like okay we could take these kids um although yeah. they actually couldn't um yeah. Uh, and so, but one of my favorite parts about all of this is as they are, as Sue is carrying Mineta and Midori away with her jump, he, he thinks like, you know, Midori is scared too, and he's doing something. So I was like, I've got to do something too. Um, and so that's what gives him the courage to finish the attack and make sure that the villains get stuck and throw And he continues to throw his sticky balls. And I believe, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure his scalp starts to bleed. Is that correct? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So his, yeah. So he goes beyond his limit. He goes plus ultra um, and um, helps stop all the villains. And so for us, you know, that's something important for each of us to, to, to do is to take this proverb and, you know, trust in God with all your heart. And you know what? We might not fully understand what's going on around us and, and how we're supposed to do that, but give it over to God and can acknowledge that God is with us. And, um, and as we do that, we'll always be able to know what path we're supposed to follow uh, because uh, the, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, is not necessarily always knowing where you're supposed to go, but going in the direction of um, that he wants, that God wants of our lives. Um, and so that that's important for us to do. Manette and Manetta's actions in this, uh, before he actually starts using his power, his quirk, uh, it makes me, it made me think back to my years as a lifeguard. And one of the things that they teach you and lifeguarding is unfortunately, you know, so for where I lifeguarded, uh, I didn't really ever have to rescue anybody. Um, I got close to having to hop in one time to save somebody, but they actually wound up saving themselves. Uh, but one of the things that's actually really hard about saving somebody, saving somebody is when they panic. Uh, if you're panicking, it's actually legitimately really hard to save you because you're actually not just in danger you're you're a danger um because one of the things they'll teach us when when you're trying to rescue somebody that's drowning is if they're panicking and they're splashing all about uh there's the potential that they might injure you as you save them and then they, you both will drown um so they actually 
teach us when you're when we're saving saving them is that we'll actually if they're starting if they're causing too much of an issues to actually break away from them and get them to try and reset and calm down and ultimately uh we were taught too is that if it's too much uh <laughs> face I'm, I'm not kidding uh you if you freak out a lifeguard too much and they're trying to save you uh they they probably will punch you in the face because there's something about getting punched in the face that just kind of resets everything. Like you, you, like you become very docile and then you're actually able to be rescued. So panicking and freaking out is not helpful. It's, it's a natural reaction. You can't help. You can't help fear coming. It's going to come. You can't, you can't stop it. However, you can, what you can do is control. You can, once you take a breath, you can control how you respond to it. And so this is what God is trying to teach us is that with even you're going to, you're going to be afraid. It's going to happen, but you do not have to be, you do not have to be mastered by it. You do not have to be in control of fear. Doesn't have to be in control of you. Acknowledge him, rely on him. And then you can figure out where you need to go. So it's just the same way when somebody is actually, when you're trying to be rescued or some, it's something is you're trying to see the path that you're going to go. If you're going in a panicked, frightened state, you're not going to see you, you might miss where, where God actually has intended you for intended for you to go because you don't, you can't calm down and you cannot see the world around you. You're only focused on the problem. You, if you're so focused on the problem, you might not, you might not see the solution. And so that, and because of uh, Midoriya and Sue's ability to analyze and to think things through, their fear didn't cripple them like the uh, Mineta's fear crippled him. And and you know, and here's the thing though is that Mineta still hasn't full. We'll see later. He still hasn't fully mastered that overcoming his fear, um, uh, as we'll see later in the show like this is this is basically Mineta's go-to move is to be scared to be freaked out and then um someone will do something that will kind of snap him out of it and then he'll have his hero moment um that's about that's Mineta's like go-to thing um uh that's his path in life uh and so it's one of those things where we just you know we get to We'll, we'll kind of see how Mineta grows. And I'm going to go, once again, sorry, in audio land, uh, air quotes, as Mineta grows. Um, so uh, so now we get to the time where we'll rate the episode. So, uh, Frick, why don't you do the honors? How would you rate this episode? Um, I'd, I'd give it a solid 3.75. It's, uh, it's a good episode there's great little character moments in it and it uh it's the beginning of the final showdown of the season uh and so in the next cup in the next couple episodes we're really going to see the action is going to get way ramped up in the next couple episodes it's getting started it's getting started now uh but this is just kind of like like in the terms of you know, it's like professional fights. This was the undercard. Uh, this was them getting warmed up for the main bouts that are about to start happening. And um, so I, I give it, I'll give it a 3.75. 
I'm going to get, I'm going to give it a solid four um, because of, uh, you know, a decent amount of, of action. Uh, Aizawa doing some awesome stuff. Uh, the comedy from Sue. Uh, and so for, for me, it was a, a four. And so, and like you said, it's, and this, this is the undercard. This is just the beginning of the fight. And uh, there's a lot more fighting going to be happening. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, seeing where, you know, being able to discuss this, you know, on the air and have you and do this with everybody. So, um, but yeah, for me, it's a four. All right. Anybody with questions for us about biblical lessons we talked about in this episode or other discussion ranging from anime comics or anything in general, please feel free to email us at frickityfracktalkback at gmail.com or reach out to us on, on Twitter at FrickityF or at FrickityFrack on Instagram and Facebook. So know that God loves you and go plus ultra.